Welcome to People Are Terrible, you guys. It's been a couple of weeks. It's hard to get any news headlines when there's not anything going on in the world other than epidemic news. But I'm glad to be back. Yeah, which I I don't know about you. I'm sick of. Yeah. Like, I can't do more epidemic news in politics, and I'm just... Yes, I'm I'm burnt out as well, man, 100%. So uh, we're going to just kind of talk about anything else that we can possibly think about to keep our minds off of just the freaking sheer boredom and uh lack of anything real to do that that's been probably affecting all of you guys so welcome we're glad you found the channel we hope you're doing all right all that kind of good stuff um typically we would cover like weird news headlines and then go into topics and all that kind of stuff but i haven't talked to caleb in a while and and dude i gotta see What's going on under the hat situation before we get started? How's how's your hair looking? Not too bad. Reasonable. It's just long. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. It's just right. I, I haven't showered today. That's, you know. When, do like, you know when just... the last time you got your hair cut was? God, it was probably, how long have we been quarantined now? Like four weeks? Yeah. So, yeah. Something like that. So I'd probably say like six weeks. Holy shit. Yeah. And that's a long time for you. Yeah, like it's getting. I had a mullet going in the back, nice. and I literally got my wife's like a little mirror and my trimmers and did it myself. Did you see? I need yeah. to try. Victoria's asked me a couple times if she if she can give me a quarantine haircut, and I'm like, you know, we're getting Butter. along so good right now. Like, see, I don't want to. I don't want to shake the uh, the baby. I don't know what's the expression. I don't want to like uh, <laughs> I no cause. I don't want to create tension. Because if she fucks I my hair up, I did shave my beard mad. off. Yeah, out of boredom. Yeah, like completely, like razor shaved it. Yeah, you can't tell. Yeah, no, I have a picture of it somewhere because this is what people fucking care about. But um, no, that was probably the, like the the worst, craziest thing I did, where I was just like, I can't. I need something to do, and literally, I was like, shave off my beard. And then, of course, it grew back in three days, but still. The, if you're trying to kill five minutes at a time, that's like how you know how bored people yeah, are. Yeah, when you're like, so, um, it's horrible. Here you can see me, uh, maybe, without a beard. And there it is. Oh, God, put it away. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> oh, shit. Um. So what what have you been watching, man? I, I know that that's kind of been the thing that's been preoccupying me. You, you seen anything interesting? Oh, um, a couple of different things. I'm playing a ton of video games, watching a ton of Chinese and Korean and just in Japanese, Asian cinema in general. Um, I feel like an anime. That's always been kind of my go-to. And I feel like because I'm in such a funk that I'm kind of just retreating into what I want you know, like nothing new. I'm yeah, just like I get new it. New movies, but something that I'm very familiar with. Um, I finally watched Parasite that everyone raved about. We haven't actually, we texted about it, but I finally watched, uh, how do you say his name? Bong, what is it? Johun? Yeah, Bong Joon-ho, I think. Joon-ho, okay. I remember what it is. I just know it's Bong something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not bad. It's okay. You know, it's, it's very, it's totally like, to me, a forgettable film. I'm kind of shocked at all the hype around it i do think it's his best movie that being said i don't even know if i go as far to say i like 
expect it, but it's it's passable. So, and you guys probably, if you're familiar with the channel, if you know me or Caleb, you know that like I don't get my like my identity too wrapped up in the the um, movies that we watch, the things that we're fans and not fans of. But I gotta say, the text messages were more than I wanted to hear from Caleb about this topic, and then I thought it was so fucking funny. That after after we talked about it, and I know this is not, it wasn't funny for you. I didn't want to say anything about it because, trust me, you were not in a mental state where you probably wanted to hear it from me. But what happened to your bathroom, I find very ironic <laughs> after you're saying, like, how bad the movie is. Oh, yeah, because my, my, uh, my laundry room flooded. You were basically the- living it. Yes, no, it pretty much was amazing. That is pretty good point. <laughs> you you turned into the people who you judged I so did. harshly. But, except for I didn't screw any. I'm not no. screwing any rich people. <laughs> so my thing, were they supposed to be very, very unlikable and you're supposed to hate the main cast? Or are they supposed to be like likable? No, I mean, in my mind, I, I think both. I think I think you're supposed to know that they're rotten. I think it's kind of like a Coen Brothers thing where your your protagonists are still not great people. Because I know a lot of like the reviews I read after were very much like, yeah, this poor man, eat the rich message. I'm like, I didn't get that from the movie because the poor people were way worse than the rich people in this movie. They were. They were. And I, I guess that's kind of what I liked about it is it's kind of the, the idea of like, uh, it challenges that that just conventional idea of yeah rich people bad poor people good because by the end of things like it had escalated to a point that's like no no they were definitely always the shitty people yeah they were the shitty people so i've liked it for a long time it's just i feel like it's 45 minutes too long you know Mm -hmm. like i feel like it it's because first of all i wasn't expecting a comedy you know yeah yeah right right and I was like, oh, okay, it's a comedy, which I love dark comedies. And I really, really enjoyed it. And then it just kept going and kept going. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, I don't care. And then the twist, I won't ruin it for anyone. But when they introduced something that twists, yeah. I was like, okay, this is getting dumber and dumber. And then it just kept going downhill from there. But the first like, hour of that movie, I loved. It's it's it interesting was- because both you and I are fans of of world cinema stuff from from all over the place but I feel and this is something that I will never be able to reconcile that I there's so much specific um to the comedy genre that I miss in foreign films because the specificity of the culture the the fact that there's the language barrier in the first place, and then I don't know what words they're like leaning into or over enunciating. Like I, I pick, I don't pick up on a lot of that nuance, and that's something that I find unfortunate about watching foreign movies. Well, and to the like you said, cultural like perfect example. I love like old Hong Kong cinema. I love the humor. Anna and Kung Fu Land is a movie I'd highly recommend. Bio Zombie is the greatest zombie comedy of all time. It's really, kind of love it. Yeah, like that's a movie that there would be no Shaun of Dead, the Dead without that movie. Like it inspired that movie. Great film, but it took me years of watching Chinese cinema. It's like I would not show Bio Zombie to someone who's never seen a Chinese movie because I don't think they would find it funny. You know, like you yeah. have to watch so much of that. Same thing with anime. Like a lot of times, people will say like Naruto. I love Naruto. I think it's great, but it's very comedy heavy. 
So I would, when people go like, what's a good anime to start? I never say that. I say like Death Note or something, something without a ton of humor because of the cultural difference. Like Japanese humor um, and anime humor, I when I very first started, you know, watching that 32 years ago, you know, 30 years ago, I didn't really like it. I only liked the serious stuff. And then I slowly introduced it and you start to get like cultural contextual clues to stuff that actually makes stuff very funny. But it the humor is so region locked. Like it's yeah. so different depending on where you go. Yeah. And, and even, I mean, you know, American comedy doesn't work for all audiences. Like there's nothing that mm. everybody's going to pick up on. I do know that when I saw um, one cut of the dead, it took about 15 to 20 minutes before I started understanding the tone of it. You know, um, that's Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's really good. I, I I definitely recommend that one. But um, what else have you seen? I watched Rampant, which is the it's the same thing as The Kingdom on Netflix. Uh-huh. It's the so that that's based on a comic. They're both based on the same comic. This is a movie. Really enjoyed it. It's just a good zombie movie that has like political feudal, you know, drama in it. Feudal Korea um drama. Really really enjoyed it. I heard the show's better. I watched Kung Fu Chef with Samo Hung. It okay. is awful, and I love every <laughs> second of it. Uh, is it's it like, about a Kung Fu Chef? Yeah, so it's about literally, it's pretty much reminds me of like, you know, an anime when it gets like real melodramatic about very mundane tasks. Yeah. Like, like that's what this is. They'll be oh, like my. cooking in the special dragon uh you know meat cleaver and it like zooms in on it and it does all these weird camera angles <laughs> nice and it's so over the top it's abysmal it's an awful film but i loved every second of it you loved it for it yeah it's bad like i wouldn't <laughs> recommend it to anyone like it's it's all right i wouldn't recommend it to anyone unless they're like us now and have unlimited time on their hands right um right i watched half of De- detective pikachu mm-hmm not even half, probably 35 minutes, to be honest. Um, and I think the fact that I turned off after 35 minutes probably shows my stance on it. And you're um, a Pokemon fan. No, I am not. Oh, oh, okay. No, so. I'm not. A, I never played the game. Well, I have played the games. So my experience with Pokemon is I was, so I was already watching anime for years before like Pokemon came out. And I remember knowing it was going to air on TV. And I was like, holy shit, they're going to play anime on TV. So I went this weird to this weird comic book shop. I like bought Pokemon cards. I was all excited about it. I bought a wall scroll straight from Japan, hung it on my wall. <laughs> and I remembered watching the premiere and going, what the fuck is this garbage? Really? Oh yeah. I hated it as a kid. I'm like, this is bad anime. And I was like heartbroken because the first like real big anime to be played on like mainstream TV. I was like, what? <laughs> that's my experience of pokemon and now this well then uh i wouldn't expect a huge ringing endorsement for you i saw about probably about as much as you did and same same situation i it just like i'm sure that in a crowded theater with a bunch of like diehard pokemon fans there would have been a bunch of oohs and ahs when those weird little cartoon characters showed up but i'm just like what what am i supposed to be getting out of this i don't know what's going on it reminded me of like and i said this to you um Ready Player One. Yeah. Like Ready Player One, where it's just a lot of noise and it's like, oh, look, except for Ready Player One, it's Godzilla, it's Gundam, it's all that, but with Pokemon. You're like, oh, it's Jigglypuff, it's Charizard or whatever. 
You just not named yeah. the two that I know. Oh, wait. Hold up. Uh, Pikachu, Jigglypuff, Mewtwo, Charizard, Squirtle. Raichu. Raichu? Yeah, I think that's what Jigglypuff... No, Jigglypuff. Pikachu turns into. There's Mewtwo, you said. There's... Fajita. Oh, I should know some more of this. Just from listening to all the video game podcasts I talk. Garbodor is the only one I know because... I used to work with this girl who was a garbage person. She was awful. So I called her Garbodor because it's a garbage Pokemon and she kind of looked like it. Charizard's the fucking dragon. Yeah, he's the only cool one. Yeah, leave, leave us the uh, the entire Pokemon roster down in the comments section. All 4,000 of them. <laughs> Alphabet- alphabetical order, please. Um, trying to think what all I saw. I know that you mentioned Letterboxd to me. And I jumped on that immediately. I actually had downloaded it a couple weeks ago and then just didn't think to go back to it. But I started going through and uh, rating movies as well. Oh, see, it's the best thing to do. And then I create a list and I have like a list of like what I watch and I add it to the list every time. Like this year, what I watch in 2020. Oh, really? Yeah. So I have movies I watched in 2020, best of 2010, movies I watched in 2019, Top 10 comic book movies, best of 2018. Like that way I have, now I'm just doing like what I watched. That way I can go, oh, so I've watched 47 movies this year. Holy shit. Which is, you probably watch more than that. But it's a good start. I mean, I don't know that I have. I've been watching a bit of TV lately. Um, Let me try to see what movies that are rated lately to see if I, okay, I watched The Love Witch. Have you heard of that? Never even heard of this. The Love Witch is a, uh, it's like a kind of like Mandy in the fact that it's a complete, um, like recreation of those like lesbian vampire or witch, uh, kind of exploitation movies from the late okay. 60s, early 70s. It's all in Technicolor. The costumes are all, you know, very. Uh, period accurate to the late 60s it's uh it was cool like i enjoyed the concept or the premise of it but i couldn't really like i I wasn't invested in it like i watched it i thought it was cool it was two hours long which is just way too long for that shtick to maintain like any like it wears off pretty quick so that was one that i saw that i thought was kind of interesting and then i saw underwater um which starts this is what i'm very curious about I liked it. Um, did you see Life? Yeah, With I love Life. Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I would say it's it's on par with that. I wouldn't really say it was better or worse. There's this thing that happens at the very end of Underwater that, like, I you know, as as somebody who is a fan of the kind of like. Uh, literature and horror stuff that I'm into. I thought it was super fucking cool to see like an actual um, visual kind of live action representation of this thing that we've heard about a lot. I, I, don't, oh, you're, spoil you're, it. You're, I don't know what it is, but it sounds like Cthulhu. Is that, is that where we're going with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. I was say that's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. It's dope. It looks fucking super, super cool. I um, Is it kind of like a... So life... Life was another one of those movies that everyone's like, it's a bad movie. I'm like, it's not a great movie, but it, it, they're like, it's derivative. I'm like, that's kind of the point I felt like of life. Yeah. It was like, it just felt like a love letter to that genre. Yeah. You know, like it knew what it was. It didn't try to be anything better. 
Is that kind of what underwater? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel like life might have had. I don't feel like it. It definitely had more of a science fiction bent to it. Yeah, this one's way more conventional, j- just horror movie stuff. But it works. I, I enjoyed it. Okay, it's a, it's a genre exercise. It's exactly what you just now said. It's like it's not trying to be anything more than just a B movie with some fucking cool monsters and cool tension in it. Sometimes that's great. Like there's a movie, uh, Cold Skin. Yeah. Awesome movie. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Love that movie. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, like a dumb monster movie. Loved it. And it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. And I'm okay with that. That's a tough one to recommend to people. Like I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. That seems like a movie I could picture you liking. Yeah. I think you and me both, it's our type of movie that not a lot of people would enjoy. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. It was Victoria's birthday oh. yesterday, and that's weird. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say uh, one I texted you about a gangster, a cop, and a devil. Yeah, awesome you movie. did mention that to me. It's real campy at times, and again, it it the only complaint about this is I feel like sometimes it doesn't know if it wants to be a serious movie or like a fun romp, you know, like a fun like Korean kung fu movie. It can't really make up its mind, but it's based on the true story of a mafia boss and the police working together to find a serial killer in korea which is a super cool concept i'm i'm looking at it right now and i feel like i i don't know for sure i feel like i might have seen it not too long ago but i don't remember it specifically again it's another one that it's I don't feel like it's trying to be anything it's not, and I'm okay with that sometimes, especially the mood I'm in right now. I'm not necessarily looking for cinematic heavy masterpieces. Dude, this has um, got a crazy high Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, it's not It's not like 100% or whatever. And then Little Joe has the best color grading I've ever seen in a movie recently. Little Joe. What is that one? It's a horror film, horror-ish more like uneasy film about a tech lab trying to create a flower that makes people happy and gives off pollen to make people happy. And it kind of doesn't go well. And then they shall not grow old. The Peter Jackson world war one documentary I watched. Dude, that little Joe sounds real interesting. And then, uh, we shall not grow old. I know he took a bunch of like real footage from world war two and re edited it and mastered it and added color to it. Right yeah he's the same technology that he used for 3d and then they because you know world war one they were using like hand crate cameras so the the frame rate was weird so they would have people go in manually and like try to track the frame rate and be like okay this is a realistic walking speed they did lip reading and voiceovers for all of it so this was world Uh, war one excuse me world war one yeah um it's it like it has another one these like 100 percent around tomato as a documentary, it's okay because it's literally just footage and then voice actors reading like old letters, you know, mm-hmm. about their experiences. As a documentary, it's kind of okay. It's just more fascinating that see all this old footage. And I more just appreciate that someone saved all this old footage in a way that like you can actually see what's going on and understand it. You are such a fucking boomer, dude. I, uh, you, what did you recommend to me the other day? The Killer Next Door? Is that yes. what it's called? I tried to watch yes. it, man, and I was like, oh, fuck. This is like some old shit. 
<laughs> the world war the world war two yeah yeah one? yeah i need to try to get into it i did not give it the benefit i did not give oh. it long to get super invested in it but i was like okay this is world war ii nazi crimes and that's kind of interesting but does it go in a different direction from that it's about this trial and the whole time you're like is this the is this a nazi or is this just the case of mistaken identity oh okay i okay yeah don't tell me more i see what you okay so the person that they're looking for may or may not be the person yeah they get. it could just be mistaken identity holy shit okay yeah I'm and like, that's fascinating to watch that is interesting yeah yeah that's that's way more interesting first like I, when i put it on i started like i the history channel for some reason the history channel logo appeared at the bottom right hand corner of the tv screen and then all of a sudden, I was like back at my grandfather's house. I could smell <laughs> fucking pipe tobacco. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get out of here. I love stuff like that though. Like <laughs> such like I love like you know how I am even like with reading like government studies and mm -hmm. data, and I just love shit like mm -hmm. that. No, it is. It's super interesting. It's super interesting. I um, I've not watched a lot of documentaries lately, but we have been watching Better Call Saul. Um which is super, super good. And then we started watching Ozark. And I, they're, they're so different of shows. Like Better Call Saul, I think, is better written. I think it's uh, got a stronger cast in it. And it's like pretty grown up. And then Ozark is like, it's like Breaking Bad, only it starts at season three or something. Like the pacing of Ozarks is relentless. So it's always like, a more exciting watch, but I feel like it doesn't earn a lot of its like bigger moments because there's always big shit happening. Have you seen either of those? I've never seen either. I really want to see Ozark. I have zero desire to see Better Call Saul. They're they're both very good. Um, I'm curious what you think about Ozark. So Ozark, my only experience, and this was actually when I was back on Facebook for a hot minute, you know, was one of my friends ranting about how he tried to watch Ozark but it's another white story about white people and he can't. And I was just like, Oh my God, I can't. Do this. <laughs> there are definitely white people in it. Spoiler alert. There's white people in it. <laughs> well, especially my friend. I'm like, bro, like I'm your favorite person on the planet. I'm white as fuck. Was he? You know? Cause like, that would make even more sense. That would be like the real kicker is it was a white yeah. dude that posted it. No. <laughs> yeah. That would be even better. <laughs> it was not a white dude. All right. Well then I can, I'm, that's, I'm a little more fine with it. I do see the thing though. Like, and I, I don't care about it, but like there is definitely a, um, an appeal, like a f escapist fantasy for most middle-class white dudes to run around and do like, uh, gangster shit and like get wrapped up in in crime and like i mean you, you, when you think about it like uh the most revered characters in in capitalism are like the uh the cowboys right the bootleggers the fucking yeah. uh john Gotti, your mobsters you're like uh like they are embodiment of the american dream in a lot of ways there we definitely romanticize crime in our country yeah yeah hundred percent in fact there's a good tom mcdonald song out the new one blame the rappers where he talks about this oh i hadn't heard how it. like he's it's a great song kind of reminds me of how i feel about rap right now where i'm like i love it but i also as getting older have a more problem with it because it's like this does have negative repercussions all the shit we say you know about murder and about drugs and and all this it's like there's kids out there who listen to this and 
and eat it up you know yeah it's a good song yeah i see that's a song that i see some people super triggered by or very love it people are either like really offended by it which i don't understand that i mean it's just a guy saying like hey maybe we should try to do better which i think is fine but it's a good song i liked it dude is that like his uh fourth single off that same album or is it a new album that's probably a new album this dude drops tracks like crazy that is crazy like it's unreal i mean i gotta give him credit the dude's loaded and he doesn't even have a record deal I think the last one that I heard was, uh, it was after I Hate Hip Hop, and I liked it a little bit less than the one after it. I uh, like Assholes is pretty funny or whatever. Yeah, yeah, song. yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I like him. Uh, he's hit or miss for me. Like He has a really good song about gun violence. It is a very left-leaning song. You know, oh, really? I don't agree with necessarily what he says, but it's about school shootings and stuff. I just respect people that put, put, lyrics and actual points into their music even if i disagree with them like i don't necessarily agree with the stance on guns but awesome good for you dude for going out and you know doing making art form that has meaning and has a purpose did you hear about um people on twitter getting pissed at joe rogan for giving out um tests to his uh podcast yes what do you think about that Oh, wait, wait, let me set it up. For those of you guys that don't know, um, Chris D'Elia recently came on to the Joe Rogan experience, and at the beginning of it, Joe Rogan said, basically, uh, Chris D'Elia, you don't have coronavirus. How does it feel? Well, um, apparently, Joe Rogan had been giving all of his uh, guests screenings prior to doing the podcast to make sure that they weren't carrying the virus. Um, Caleb, sorry about that. There we go. That's the situation. What do you think about that? So people are like really offended because they're like, oh man, there's a shortage of tests, you know, and that's how are these celebrities getting them? These are not the tests that they're running short of. You and me can go get this test right now for $300. It's no problem. You know, it's an antibody test. This is not a definitive thing. He's not eating up any resources. He's personally paying for these tests that no one's using. You know, there's a, this is not FDA approved tests. And how do you feel so, about the reliability of um, these? What Say what you said it was again. It's a what test? It's a um, antibody test antibody. to see if you've had if So to see if you have the, the antibody from coming in contact with it, meaning you're either infected or you've been infected. And um, so, you can buy them for $300. Yeah. So they're not super, they don't know if they're reliable. They're not FDA approved. He's not eating up resources. These are not coming from like people in hospitals, you know, it's a third party company that's selling them. I mean, I can understand why people would, you know, feel like, look how wealthy these people are. They have the resources to, to, to buy that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, if it's not taking the testing away from people who need them. I don't understand what the problem is and how Joe Rogan decides to spend his money isn't really my concern, you know? I agree. Now, if he was taking away from hospital tests and all that, yeah, I'd be like, this is, no, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, then, like, and there's, there are celebrities getting tested left and right. I don't know if they're all these tests because my original outrage was like, like, I think there was a Chris Jenner or whatever was like, oh, yeah, I've been tested two times. I both came up negative. I'm yeah. like, how's this girl getting tested with no system symptoms? Now, if she was using these, then, hey, I have no problem with it. You know, like, yeah. as long as they're not eating up resources for people who actually need it. Man, I, I cannot buy any of this stuff off of Amazon. It's kind of bothering me. What are you looking for? Coronavirus tests. <laughs> 
You're gonna you're gonna buy one and check yourself. The test buy. No, I just want to see how you can get your freaking hands on them. Maryland secures I don't know. There, half there's a million. There's a website I saw. Philip DeFranco showed a link to the webpage. That oh, you can buy them on. well, there we go. Let's see. Okay, I can I can look this up. Uh, not on Facebook though. I'm gonna go to Phil DeFranco show. Uh, Did you see uh, Chris D'Elia's uh, last stand up? Uh, his last stand up special. No, I've never really been too much into him, you know? Yeah, it's not it's not very good. So if you were... Uh, it's not going to turn you around, I can't imagine. It's got some decent parts in it. I watched that, and then I, yesterday I watched Louis C.K.'s uh, new stand-up special. How's, it? How's that? Yeah, it was all right. It More was Louis right. C.K.? It was... Yeah, yeah, he's definitely... It, it wasn't his A material, that's for sure. It wasn't bad, though, either. It was fine. Um and then, oh, yeah, dude, I watched that Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge, and that shit is badass. Super good. Did you ever watch the show in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s cartoon? No, you mentioned it to me, and no, I dude, have not. Dude, it's awesome. For like, real? it's actually, it's kind of drawn like this. Yeah, it's, it's, well, I remember as a kid thinking it was awesome. Like, it actually has a, uh, you know, a, a plot and everything. This might have been the one. Everly Well might be where the tests are coming from. Everly well. I'm going through his uh, description. It was on a video, and I was like, okay, cool. But yeah, so if he's not eating up resources, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm just curious. How do you think about about, uh, them shutting down the UFC? We kind of talked about this briefly. Oh, uh, so Dana White had purchased some sort of like... um, Island? Yeah, some sort of island. Well, that's still and... going through. This oh. crazy bastard. Okay. Just give them give the people who may so, not know okay, the context. Here's the rundown. So Dana White was planning UFC 249, which was finally going to be um, Khabib, Tony Ferguson, fan fight that people have wanted. But that couldn't happen because, you know, international travel and all that. So he rechanged it. They were going to fight on an Indian reservation, Native American reservation in California. Um and they had everything lined up. It was going to be the headlining was going to be uh, Khabib, not Khabib, uh, Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. Grin would have been a credible fight. They had all these people going. It was going to be an empty arena with just a couple of camera crews. Dana White was going to be there and fighters in their corner. That's, that was pretty much it. They were going to do this. They've been planning it. He's been talking about it for months, you know, like since all this broke out, like, no, we're not stopping. Um, Everything was pretty much good to go. And then I believe it was the governor of California called Disney, you know? And then Disney, because they own ESPN, so and they have a multi-deal with ESPN. They're an exclusive deal. Disney called up Dana White, according to Dana White. The big wig at Disney called him directly and were like, no, you cannot do this. And then they kind of like tried to release a statement and being like, no, yeah, we thought this might be a bad idea. We were worried about it too. No, you weren't worried about it until a governor called you. You guys were totally okay taking the money, you know? But you got a little backlash, and you're like, uh, we don't want to hurt the brand. Like, they they knew about this. It wasn't like this sprung out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know? It's a crazy situation. I, can't, I just can't wrap my head around how, um, like, Dana White got his mind changed. Like, I wonder what that conversation had to have fucking sounded like or looked like, because it's not like... 
nobody had voiced their concerns with it prior to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there probably was something. He goes, he, yeah, he says the big wigs put it and told him to stand down were his words that he said. Yeah, I agree. And too, Dana White is very brash. That's like what's love him or hate him. He's kind of grown the, not kind of, he has grown the UFC into what it is by that attitude, by that cowboy, cavalier, I do what the fuck I want yeah. attitude. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this guy's been threatened by the Yakuza in Japan and told him to go fuck off. What? You know, like, it, yeah. So he, um, when he was doing Pride, uh, when they were doing that, they, UFC was trying to go to Japan. Pride and a lot of the MMA in Japan is run by Yakuza. Oh, and holy he, shit. So he, they told him like, hey, don't move here. We got this a lot. And he was like, pretty much like, fuck you guys. You're going to have to kill me. And then came with armed security everywhere I went. That's and, crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, son, there must have been a conversation that Disney was able to make this guy go, okay, I'll stand down pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That is just like unprecedented freaking power that they have. That almighty dollar, man. They got so much money to throw around. Yeah, you. I yeah. wasn't even aware about the relationship between um, Disney and the MMA until you told me that they owned them. Yeah, they own uh, ESPN. ESPN. They don't own UFC yet, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they have exclusive rights, which they air all the fights on ESPN Plus. So they're pulling all the strings. Yeah, and so I think that crazy. ESPN deal is insane, like like hundreds of millions. As far as whether or not I believe that um, MMA should be essential entertainment, like it's it's one of those situations, man, where like because of the access, I feel like those people are being screened and precautionary shits being taken. I almost feel like it's like the set of a porno. It's like, yeah, I mean, unprotected sex with random strangers is not is not safe. You know what I mean? Um, but the way that this industry is is set up is like. Um, you know that they're doing everything they can to protect their own asses. Like they're going to protect their own self-interest. And by, by, um, taking the correct precautionary measures, you can ensure that you're not going to get your ass suit off, you know? Well, that's kind of what he was saying. He was like, Hey, this is the safest place to be. If you don't want Corona, like where we're going to be, everyone's going to be tested. Fighters are going to be in a mandatory quarantine after they leave the event, you know, like mm -hmm. we're, like we're flying them in on private jets. We're not using any public transportation to do this. You know, like we are like we're taking and I believe that, that yeah. you know, they have so much money. That that company's loaded. UFC's unreal how much of the money they make now. So I'm I believe they would take all the precautions. Exactly. Um the worry was people then would go home and spread it to someone, but they their whole thing was, well, we're gonna do a mandatory quarantine after this. Um but I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I feel like it's a stupid thing to go out there and, and really risk anything for. Yeah. But let's be real. These are like some of the healthiest people on the planet with the best diets and everything. If, if someone did get Corona there and it's a, you know, a 25 year old male in peak physical condition, they're probably going to be okay. Yeah. Realistically, they just are. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I actually heard, um, Brendan Schwab was on Joe Rogan Experience like last week, and he was—he's <laughs> got some pretty fucked up takes as far as I'm concerned. But at the same time, oh, yeah. like for him personally, I don't think a lot of what he's saying is wrong or doesn't apply. Like, yeah, those guys are in exceptional shape. Uh, that would put them at, among the least vulnerable, probably to it. But it's never been; those aren't the people that necessarily anybody's 
concerned about or should be concerned about. But yeah, it it, it all is just so weird because, and I you know we don't need to get too freaking deep in the weeds on it. But yeah, I, I feel like there is validity to the people saying uh, it's not as bad as it's being made up or or. If it's so bad, then why don't they compare it to this thing where less, you know, like I, I get all of well, that. I do. I feel like, and we won't get too into the weeds, but it's, it's kind of even with the protests. Immediately I was mad with like, these protests. I'm like, come on, you guys, like just fucking chill out. But I do think there is some validity to what they're saying about, Hey, we need to reopen the economy. You know, like the virus is important, you know, the, economy and reopening is also important yeah but no one wants to have that conversation it's 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 if you think at all about the economy it's you hate human life yeah well the economy tanking is going to kill people too in fact the un just came out and said 23 nations now fee now face quote-unquote biblical levels of famine oh shit though because of all the lockdowns so we might kill way more people because of the lockdowns worldwide because of this that's an intense way of saying it that's crazy. Like that's, you know, and that's a conversation we need to have. But like, I feel like there's two sides. There's the mega, it's all fake news. There's no virus. There is a virus. People are dying. My wife works with them every day. There's a lot of death. Trust me. But there's also the other side. It's like, we can just shut down our economy forever. Well, no, we can't do that either. Mm. We got to figure out a way to responsibly get people back to work. We just have to. But, it feels no, like we're in yeah, this weird is. space of teetering, and it feels like we've been here for a little while now. And by te- it's just like not nobody wants to commit to anything because how do you put a fucking a timeline on something that's completely unprecedented? That's the weird thing about it. Is like if it were just as easy of saying, okay, on uh, June fifteenth, everything's gonna go back to normal. Well, like is, is it? Who knows? You know what I mean? Well, and that's never going to happen. We're not going to wake up and it's going to be normal. We're yeah. going to do a slow rollout. It might go, hey, the office is opening back up. People underneath the 25 within this certain weight range are allowed back no more than 50 people per shift or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what's going to happen realistically first. Because there's also the other side that no one wants to talk about. The only really thing that the quarantine's doing right now is preventing our healthcare system from being too overloaded. Sir, you- yeah, right. You- like we're all going to get this, you know, eventually. Yeah. Like we're like, you got to be realistic. It's like the flu. You're going to get it. And the people who say we need to be locked down until we get a, until we find a vaccine. That's wishful thinking. We're not going to have a vaccine for years for this. You know, you think like, years? yeah. Damn. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I think it's going to be two, three, four, five years before we have a vaccine. Like we're not going to have one in 12 months. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we have one tomorrow. Is there a historical precedent like that, that we can look to other, I mean, there's really not other, a lot of other example, but like uh, SARS or bird flu or swine flu. Did any of those have a a vaccine vaccine? that were created within X amount of time? No, I don't think so. And I, well, that's the thing too, is we may not have a vaccine for this. That's another sad reality. We have to, we may never have one. Because the virus mutates like the flu. It mutates a little bit every season. That's why flu vaccines, people still get flus. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It's just, I feel like no one, no one wants to, everything's so political right now. And, and it's on the left and the right. Like, it's totally being used for political op-eds and, and all this. And no one wants to have an honest conversation of people are going to die. We also need to worry about the economy. 
also, if we completely lock down, people are still going to die. We just need to find out where that balance between economy and human life is, you know? And I don't know. It's, it's a crazy situation, but I just, my rule of thumb is if someone's telling you that the virus is fake, don't listen to them. If someone's telling you we can completely crash the economy, it doesn't matter. Awesome. Don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can I can get behind both of those things. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just kind of like looking at different uh, articles and news vaccines. sources right now about vaccines. Yeah, and then this this headline says, and it's from MarketWatch.com, whatever that is, but it says in quotes, "We will not have a vaccine by next winter." CDC says second wave of coronavirus could be worse. Why the second wave of 1918 Spanish flu was so devastating. <laughs> That was from like an hour ago. So anyways, yeah, I guess. Well, we'll just... according to historyofvaccines.org, uh, vaccines development is a long, complex po- process, often lasting 10 to 15 years and involving a combination of public and private involvement. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, I, I played a video game to get away from all of this. And I picked up this game Vampire, which I'm really enjoying. Uh-huh. It's uh, like a game that takes place, you know, vampire game. I didn't know what time frame it took place in. So I started and it's in like, and all of a sudden I'm walking through this old city. There's a vampire and it's like really dead and rainy. Start talking to people. It takes place during the Spanish flu and you're a doctor (laughs) and during an epidemic. And there's signs like, don't cough on anyone, quarantine. And I'm like, man, I picked the wrong game. And this game's like four years old. I just randomly picked it to play. Vampire with a Y? Yep. All right. It's cool. I like it. It's very just like story driven. It's not really the combat kind of sucks. It's just like pick your own dialogue and infect the world. Huh? But I, I like it. I really like it. But except for if you're not in the mood for more pandemic epidemic, definitely not the game for you because that's what this like you're saving people coughing up blood on hospital tables. Like that's that's the game. Mm. Uh, so I did go on to. Uh... Huffington Post, and I saw an article that grabbed my attention. It said Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos may be restoring <laughs> Colombia's ecosystem. Uh, well, that's see. great. Yeah, it sounds good. Let's see. Uh, he left a legacy of crime and violence in his country, but his most lasting influence may be on the environment. Um, not exactly him, but a group of nearly 80 hippos descended from the four he owned that were set free after his death in 1993. So now there are 80 hippos from the three that were released after he died. Although the so-called cocaine hippos have been accused of wreaking havoc on the local ecosystem, a new study suggests the invasive animals may also restore ecological functions lost for thousands of years due to human-driven extinctions. Uh... They're, what are they doing? Let's see. They have a diet and a body size of those of the extinct giant llamas that used to live in the area. And while they share a similar size and semi-aquatic habitat of another extinct animal called the natongulates. Um, so while hippos don't perfectly replace any extinct species, they restore parts of important ecologies across several species. Uh... Okay, here we go. For example, Escobar's hippos have been accused of polluting lakes with their feces, but study co-author Eric Lundgren pointed out to Gizmodo that hippo poop plays a keystone role in boosting fishery productivity in Africa. So maybe it's not all that bad. Uh, So it sounds like they've got some kind of anecdotal 
like maybe it could do this. Um, the news to me though is that there are 80 hippos living in fucking uh Colombia now. I'm just kind of disappointed. Like when they say cocaine hippos, I'm like, are these hippos really smuggling cocaine? Like, yeah. What's going on? No, almost nothing to do with cocaine. I'm looking at weird news on all my general sources that I normally go to. Uh-huh. Nothing. There's just nothing. It's like woman laughs at while grooming her dog. I don't need to see that shit. <laughs> That's what it mostly is, though. Like everybody's just fucking locked down, dude. There's nothing. Russian jogger runs 62 miles worth of laps around bed. Oh my god! Like that sounds miserable. That sounds miserable. People are putting out Christmas lights for coronavirus. That's nice. You know what's crazy is too. Speaking of MMA, you know, heard? Did you hear? You know, John Jones, the the Beast star, uh-huh. he got arrested during a quarantine for firing a gun and drinking and driving and partying with homeless people. What? And I'm like, yeah, there's there's the whole video of his arrest. Wait, but it's like second. who gets arrested on quarantine? Dude, what John Jones? Yep, the the like the biggest star in MMA. I'm one of the only people everyone gets mad when I say I'm not a Jones fan. Here's the reason why I'm not a Jones fan. Um, he has already, this is not his first DUI, but he got into a DUI in Albuquerque because all big a ton of MMA fighters live in my home state, hometown. He got in a, a DUI where he hit a car. He jumped out, ran away, came back, grabbed money that he dropped, ran back off meanwhile he didn't even check on the other person which was a pregnant woman with a now broken arm oh shit that's not a good look yeah no this is just constant this is what this guy does incredible athlete will not take that away from him but i'm one of those people like the asshole athletes him conor mcgregor i don't want anything to do with him you know no no like it's a turn off i don't think it's cool yeah but yeah so he got arrested he was pulled over they heard gunshots actually right if you watch the video it's right by my old house like right by it John Jones video. It's like funny 13 minute and 50 seconds that's two okay wait here's a one minute one so yeah it's the the video is right by my old house it's right by the strip club knockouts really a look at what led up to yeah. the arrest of mma fighter and world champion john bones jones john bones jones um to playing <laughs> i heard the intro yeah but i'm not seeing the actual yeah but the video is just him like pretty much asking him you know where he's at he has weed all over himself oh, like just yeah. over himself okay here we go Disgusting. Yeah. i just wanted to have a drive it was my first drive in two weeks okay i saw these homeless guys the homeless guys <laughs> i was being nice to them <laughs> Officers responded to a call about gunshots downtown early yesterday morning. They say they found Jones drunk in his car with a gun and an open container. Lapel video shows Jones having trouble with field sobriety tests. What you can do is you can count backwards, starting with number 47, ending with the number 32. Do you have any questions about the test? No, sir. Okay, you may start the test now. From 47? Correct. 47, 46, 45, 43. 44, 43. My daughter's dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> that over. I wasn't oh, my daughter's dyslexic. I know. It's like this the latest of Jones. It's the fans I've ever heard. Oh, you got to bring your daughter into this muck, dude. 
That is fucking it's hilarious. two daughters. Here's my thing is, I'm sorry. There's a fucking pandemic going on. Be at home with your wife and your kids. What you out at two in the morning hanging out with homeless men? Party which I'm telling you right homeless now. Homeless people. <laughs> I'm telling you know why he was partying with homeless people. What's the one reason why a, a guy would go party with homeless people? Uh, because he wanted dope. Yeah, he wants drugs. <laughs> he wants something hard that he can't get. Yeah. That he's like, huh? My yeah. There's there's some reason he wants like meth or something. He's like, how did I get this? I don't know. Like yeah. that's the only, especially because this guy's already been busted for cocaine and all this stuff. You know, like this dude wants something hard. Dude, if you're gonna like, do drugs and be that kind of fucking celebrity, like find a find a dealer, find a, a dude. That's my dealer. thing, bro. It's like and just and then here's what he guess what he got. He got, I think it's like 45 days house arrest during what? a pandemic. He was, he should have been anyways. <laughs> so literally he got punished with literally what we're all doing right now. That's Dude. his, that's his, that's his punishment. Cauliflower ear is so nasty looking. Yeah, it is, man. It's so hard to look at. I hear it's like completely freaking rock hard too. Yeah, and then have you ever seen someone drain it? No, they put the, like needle in, and they suck out all the blood. No, I want to though. Now that kind of shit is like I, I I'll say gross, but I'll also be like, oh yeah, that shit felt good. We are definitely having a Rogan podcast today. We've talked about MMA. We've talked about yeah. Corona. Uh-huh. Like it's definitely it's definitely that. Uh, TikTok user says he unknowingly recorded possible home intruder while dancing home alone. Uh, shows a man dancing. I got a TikTok story when you're done. Not for the reason the original poster had hoped. Instead, he was impressing the internet with some funky dance moves and ended up scaring his followers. All right, I hadn't seen this yet, but why don't you say so? There's our copyright strike. Yeah, for nothing, too, because there's nothing in there. Someone briefly appeared in the background. Hold up. Let me let me try that again. Why don't you say so? Oh, creepy as fuck, dude. There's a, a, st- a staircase in the background, and somebody's head, like, pokes around the bottom of the staircase. Fuck that. All right. Uh, so TikTok, what, what's going on with TikTok? Did you hear about, so there's a TikTok nutmeg challenge, um, which I did not know. Did you know nutmeg can get you high if you take enough of it? I've heard it before. So apparently it's like you put like two teaspoons in like a little bit of water and drink it because like it's when it's concentrated, it can get you kind of make you hallucinate. Uh-huh. Well, there's teens who read this, but they're idiots. And instead of doing two teaspoons, they're doing, they're like, oh, this isn't working. And they don't understand. So they do four. But instead of it being teaspoons, they're doing like four tablespoons what? of this stuff. And it's like fucking up kids getting rushed to the ER over nutmeg, putting oh, it in water. Oh, wow. This is from insider.com. The nutmeg challenge is going viral again on TikTok. And the platform is struggling to remove the dangerous trend. Oh, yeah, it, they did the same with the cinnamon challenge. And if you accidentally inhale it, it'll fuck you up. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, obviously. And then that, the other one, though, was was really messed up because there's like there's only one outcome and it's somebody getting hurt. You remember they they called it like the something jump challenge 
and the, they kick their legs or yeah, whatever. Yeah, dude. Didn't a kid die from that, or am I making that up? I don't know that a kid died from it, but I do know that like bad stuff happened. Like one kid was in a freaking hospital, and their mom like uh, posted a video urging other kids not to do just sad shit. Um, I went on TikTok yesterday. I know you and I have talked about this before, and every time I'm like, I'm old and I don't get it. And I like I spent a good ten minutes on it yesterday, scrolling through people's videos and i found i don't know three or four that were kind of clever but for i would say it's probably like 95 percent just the cringest dumbest shit and i just i don't understand it man i don't understand dancing i think i so i actually don't understand the whole concept of dancing people think i'm weird i don't get it yeah yeah i've never have felt a song so much that i'm like i just need to have body spasms because i like the song so much no i and I, I do think that we're kind of the outliers on that though i feel like there's something very primal that like a lot of people connect with um in dancing and it's like something people do across cultures and stuff but i'm with you like i feel like it it is too like primitive of a thing to do in a way well, also too <laughs> most musicians that i've ever met also don't dance people who do music don't dance it's a weird thing yeah. i don't understand the connection no, I, I, I agree. I, I think I felt similarly like I've not, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's an interesting thing because there's like, there's like one song this week and I don't know what the one is this week cause I don't keep up with it, but everybody will post their TikTok version of doing the same dance and to the same song. And then it's like, what are we watching? Like everybody's just doing the same shit. Yeah, I don't get. And you know what cracks me up is that there's no outrage over TikTok. Remember the face swap app that there was all that outrage because of a Russian app? Yeah. But then you have TikTok, this giant Chinese company. Yeah. You know? It just, I mean, I don't know if there's anything bad with it. It just cracks me up there how selective we are with our outrage of a yeah. little tiny, you know, Russian company, but no one cares about TikTok. Oh, it was uh, Carol Baskin killed her husband, was the last week's tiktok there's like challenges we do the same shit yes yes challenges that's what it is yeah i don't which i don't understand dancing that's not a challenge you know i don't get it do you ever watch a corridor crew on youtube corridor crew they do special effects stuff yeah i haven't seen much of their stuff but i like what i have seen of it it's it's excellent plug them for their might be my favorite youtube channel but um they did like a tiktok challenge where they were trying to get uh, the most followers in like 24 hours trying to crack the code. Uh huh. And see, and they both only got like 35 followers. Really? Know? Yeah. They're like, I don't get it. They they were like doing stupid dances and like they're like doing some Drake challenge thing. And, you know, and it, I watched, that's my biggest exposure to TikTok. I saw two YouTubers do it and they both kind of crushed on it. But they have a big built in audience probably from YouTube, which fuck, you would think Corridor Crew did as well. They have to, man. I mean, their videos get millions. Yeah. You know, like they're because you watch their reaction to like stunts and all that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have to. There's one. Their stuff's really cool. Yeah. I mean, dude, their last reaction video from four, yeah, from four days ago is 1.7 million. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're really, they're like an actual legit, interesting content channel, you know? They're not just like 
fucking skyping they're each not... other and talking about bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they're not doing what we do. <laughs> they actually put effort and have production quality. Ah, oh, dude, we just now saw the fucking wizard behind the curtain. You know what's crazy though? I've been listening to like a lot of podcasts that I listened to before that now have gone work from home, or even like my wife watches like mainstream shows that uh-huh. have now gone work from home. Our audio quality is better than like 90 percent of those. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting how many people are having to adopt the just uh, YouTuber format at this point. Like, I've watched a little bit of uh, John Oliver, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, John Kaczynski's got a show called Some Good News, SGN. Uh, and they're all doing the just sitting in front of a webcam talking from their house, you know? I don't know about you. I've tried to watch some of this stuff. You can really tell who has talent and who needs multi, you know, needs a lot of production effort to make them likable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because like, there's a lot of things I've watched. I'm like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without, like, without they, people telling me when to laugh, it's just not funny. Yeah. You're like this. Did you watch the SNL from home? Thing? Oh man. A for it, effort. Oh man. It was, I watched it just because they had a Ninja Turtles yeah, uh, skip. it was pretty that good. Was the whole reason. Highlight of that the fucking episode, yeah. Hands down, the best part of the episode. But it literally was them just like parroting YouTubers. You know? Yeah, I'm it like, was real dumb. I was like, it was... And yeah, it made me go, man, a lot of these people aren't that funny. Kate you know? McKinnon like dancing around as uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg for like five minutes. Yes. Uh, the Drake it song. Was, yeah, it was uh, It was Honestly, one bad. of the cringiest things I've ever seen. I think, you know, Weekend Update is almost always consistently my favorite part of SNL, the little news segment of it. Yeah. I liked how they let Che and Colin do the read um, and do their news segment while the cast was still in the chat and you could hear them laugh. I liked that, but I felt like they should have implemented that across the board in all of the skits but then i realized the reason they didn't is because all of it had to been edited and then played pre-recorded yeah yeah yeah. um it was it was very awkward it was just really uncomfortable yeah and i mean they didn't have to do that nobody like asked it of saturday night live to put out a coronavirus special and they tried to give people something but yeah it was definitely a, a huge failure as far as like did it work like no not at all Dude, it made me realize like half of these YouTubers that I watch who discuss like political commentary and all that stuff, their stuff is now higher quality mm-hmm. than mainstream outlets. Yeah, it's it's a weird, weird time, man. I remember when I heard that the box office had its first zero dollar quarter or month or whatever in, in recorded history and just like how fucking crazy that is, like I mean, everything's on standstill right now, but the Batman well, I mean, movie was halfway through getting, uh, you know, shot and everything, and now it's just. Well, then you even think of like even bigger scale, like the oil falling to negative. That's fucking crazy. But, like I was like negative, because they're running out of storage that they're willing to pay people to take it off their hands. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. I do know that I decided to uh, try the stock market out. We'll see how this all works out for me. But I was like, if there's a time to buy, this honestly, seems like it's a the best time, time to buy. You're not... Everything's yeah, honestly, go up. Th- there's never been. Everything's dirt cheap, and it'll have to go up or just fail completely. I definitely wouldn't be investing in retail right now. No. 
No, there's some things, dude, that I'm just blown away how how valuable their stocks still are. And Hilton is one that I was like, man, I'm gonna buy a, a fucking share of Hilton right now because I guarantee that it's it's completely like uh as bo- as low as it'll ever get. And it was, but it, they're still holding on to like a little bit of value to think that oil and gas are what run the world and that now they almost aren't worth the amount that it costs to store them is it's crazy it's just crazy i've never seen it well no one's ever seen anything Mm -hmm. like that i remember just seeing that and be like what the fuck no it's weird it's weird another reason i got off of facebook i saw people celebrating this you know like down with big oil and i'm like yeah but this is gonna have a huge ripple effect i get that you're anti-big business but you know it'll this this will have a ripple effect toward your business yeah it's just fucking crazy man yeah people want easy answers and uh to be able to like make sense of all of it and i think we really do need it like i think we need it to like maintain some sense of sanity i agree but i do find that most people are just like i don't know man holding i i i just we're holding on to something that i feel like um ultimately it, it seems like this would be the great equalizer that everybody would be like, you know, all of the politics and stuff that normally divide us, it doesn't matter. Like, we're all neighbors and all of that kind of stuff. It but should be. It interestingly seems like it's only uh, emboldened people on yeah, on both sides, for sure. But yeah, the, the most extreme people are even more extreme. Well, and then we the media covers it more, too, because it's all, it's ratings. And they're, you know, they're... You know, they they need the ratings. I mean, granted, right now they're probably doing better than they have in a long time. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I was talking about this with my friend the other day. I'm like, how is this? This should be the time where we're like, hey, you're conservative. I'm liberal. You're black. I'm white. You're gay. I'm straight. Who cares? Like, that's really not what matters. We're all in this together. Like, this should have been the thing that could have united us. Yep. And honestly, I, I blame, particularly in our country right now, I blame the media on both ends because they're they're both politicizing this. But it's just sad because I'm like, man, this should have been the thing where we could rally together, and it's clearly not. Yeah, dude. Do you a, remember? Um, this is a total curveball, but do you remember uh, Waco from when we were kids? Yeah, there's a uh, television series. I think I was watching it on Netflix. And it stars uh, what's the dude's name? Emil Hirsch, I think. Oh, so I saw the the logo. I thought it was a documentary series. It's an actual series. It's a mini series. It's only oh, like God. four or five episodes. Um, and it's not great. It's it's really not great. Um, but I'm almost finished with it, and it's cool because it kind of shows, um the humanity of the people inside because i know for a long time it was always just like yeah the wackos and waco they were they were building a militia and all that stuff but like the atf only wanted them for questioning because they were modifying semi-automatics potentially to be automatics but apparently there was like a 25 dollar uh certificate that you could get in texas at the time that would allow you to be able to modify semi-automatics so it was almost like there was just a miscommunication in the beginning. And that's what started it all. It, dude, it snowballed so hard. And it was like, yeah, David Koresh is a fucking weirdo, obviously. Um, but he also was surrounded by a bunch of women and children. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, a crazy story, you guys. If any of you don't know about that, 
I definitely recommend looking into it. Um, it's one of those things, you know how I've heard a lot of people bring up Waco lately and it isn't because of that. It's because of Tiger King. He makes a reference to it. So apparently a lot of people have Googled Waco. Oh, now. really? Yeah. Cause he goes, he goes, if they try to take my tigers, there'll be another Waco. And I remember watching it and being like, Ooh, you can't <laughs> really say that dude. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Because I knew what Waco was, but apparently a lot of people didn't. Holy shit, man. That's funny because yeah, this headline says Tiger King. What does small Waco mean? What happened at Waco in Texas? So yeah. I guess that kind of drummed back up interest and it was it must have been trending because it popped up it to me like I didn't seek it out, you know what I mean? Yeah, cuz I was like, man, like cuz even like one of my friends was like, man, what's Waco? And I was like, and I explained it to him and he was like, "Oh, yeah, cuz I was watching that documentary and you made a reference to it." And I was like, like, oh, apparently this is a thing that a lot of people didn't know about, so. Dude, you um, another that documentary was like, series. Uh, OJ level uh famous or popular. What? I would think that was like OJ level popular. I would, yeah, a hundred percent would agree. Like to me, like I thought to me, Waco, Unabomber, it's like those things you just yeah, know. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's another documentary I'm watching, um, Evil Genius right now. It's about the guy who robbed a bank and he had a explosive device on his neck. Uh-huh. And then have you, have you started it? Uh, I don't know how I've seen, I know the story, but I don't think I've yeah, seen it was the a big deal in like the two thousands, like <laughs> early two thousands. My only gripe with the documentary so far and me and my wife kind of disagreed on it. I was like, that was shitty to do. I don't know how the whole story plays out. I don't know who's involved and all that, but they show the guy, they show the actual footage of the guy head exploding. Oh, you know? fuck. And, and I'm didn't like, like it. That's, super disrespectful yeah you know yeah and she like, said you, what was her argument i know you can't speak for her but what was no, her other side it's of like, it? i don't know why it bothers you you know like it's news and this is yeah. i'm like still you could have panned away and show the cops reaction or just you know show the explosion heard the explosion heard it go black or whatever there's there's ways you could have shown that without showing this man's head being blown off damn dude what a crazy story so um Yeah, I can't even really freaking recap it other than they somehow coaxed this one guy into fucking putting a explosive around. But he worked for them, right? I don't know where I'm at so far because I remember hearing the story but not really remembering it. But so far, he says, according to him, what he said was he was jumped. People put the people put the the thing around him and then sent him on a scavenger hunt to take this and then there's another lady who killed two husbands put one in the freezer oh yeah dude. he's tied into it and then another guy who was like really smart and it's, it's really weird it's it's good but i do think it pushes the envelope a little too far from informative into shock appeal yeah you know i'm like you could yeah my whole turning point was like you guys are a little too showing with some of the stuff like we don't need to see this yeah, that's a person still. I think that's kind of my uh, threshold for horrific content in general. Like, I love watching mm-hmm. horror movies. Um, I like true crime a lot, but sometimes it's like the crime scene photos or the surveillance footage. Like, it just leaves me too in the muck. So, like, a lot of times I want to watch a documentary, but I want to watch a documentary that's true crime that's not about murder. That's why a lot of times I like like white collar crime uh, documentaries. Like I thought McMillions was fucking fantastic. Did you I tried see that? getting into it. I watched like three episodes. 
episode, two episodes, and just couldn't get into it. See, I love, I love that one, dude. I like the cast. Of I like the story. Yeah. I just, I just think I hated the one guy, the main guy, the like real arrogant guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Jacksonville guy. He's a fucking yeah, guy. yeah. He's a real good. He's a tool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I liked that one because uh, I, I don't know. It's like I want to have the compelling drama of it. I also like you don't fuck with cats. Pretty good. Um, yeah, I like you don't fuck with cats. They still show a little bit more than I would like yep. with the human killing. Like I can yep. deal with the cats. It's like even though it's fucked up, I can deal with it. It's not a person. Yeah, I'm 100 yeah. on the same page as you with that. Like, yeah, no, that was I, because of that that uh, evil genius documentary where they show this guy get his head blown off. Really kind of soured my taste for the entire series a little bit. And uh, my argument to show he was like, what if that was me? Would you really want them to release a documentary that showed me getting my head blown off? I saw the footage, man. Like, I remember... It doesn't, like... It doesn't, like, completely come off, but it blows, like... You yeah, can see, like, the yeah. like blood go everywhere. Like, it looks like it blows his jaw off. Yeah. It happens know? fast, and it's from a little bit of a distance. But, yeah, there's no question about, like, what you just now saw happen. I can't And they show, like, the it. dead body laying there covered in blood. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm, that's just too much. To me, to me that's shock appeal you yeah. know i'm like you could have you could have explained like exploded and it blew off you know part of his jaw or whatever i yeah. didn't need you to show me the actual footage mm -mm. no it feels like a fucking sucker punch too sometimes it's like whoa whoa this is not what i signed up for well that's like we started another show because my wife my wife is a criminologist by by her education and everything even though she works in medical um she used to be a court liaison so she that's her trade and so she loves like crime documentaries, prison stuff. And we started watching kids in prison and it was about this guy, about this 15 year old boy murdering this 15 year old girl. And they were showing like the bloody house. And I was like, I'm done. Like uh, I have a daughter uh, now. Like I can't watch this. I had to get up and she finished the episode. I'm like, I'm going into the other room and play with my daughter. Like I physically can't watch this. Yeah. I'm going in the other room to watch fucking dead alive. And like, it's so different yeah. though. You know, it is so different. That's how I always yeah, remind Victoria. Totally I'm like, because she will see that kind of stuff in movies and it unnerves her, yet it doesn't bother me at all. And I'm like, but you you know, like I see the uh, people behind the scenes working to fucking create that illusion. Like, yes. I, you know what I mean? So I get I get the I like I, I, I just don't know. Like when I see violence and gore in movies, it doesn't register the same same way with me at all. No, there's some people like I can watch violence and gore forever. I can even like write a scene that's a super violent and doesn't bother me, like put myself in that space. But when it's real, the, the element of fantasy I'm fine with. But when it's real life and these are real people, it just makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, dude. Yeah, hundred percent. So um, did you see that they have uh released the official title and the release date for Venom two? No, really, they're releasing release dates right now. I guess so. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Spider Verse, Spider Sense Tingling, uh, Sony's Venom colon Let There Be Carnage has jumped to next summer, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, instead of October second, twenty twenty. Um, so is it Let There Be Carnage? Is that the name? Let There Be Carnage. That's actually a kind of cool name. I hope that. Yeah. To me, it sounds way more uh, winking, way more self-aware than the first one did. And if they leaned more into that, I think I could dig it more. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm misreading or reading it differently than you. I mean, 
I don't know. The first movie was so bad that I like I'm not going to watch this one. But um, <laughs> you didn't like the first one. No, okay. God, no. Okay, we're on the same page. I don't know why yeah. I thought you kind of liked the first one. No, I hated it. Like I was like cringy bad. That's the thing, Though. dude. And it's like when if if people are excited to see Carnage, it's like we already saw um, what this looks like at the end of the last Venom, and it was a fucking mess. It's not even cool. Like. Riot might as well have been Carnage. I agree. Riot is Carnage. Like, that's pretty much the same character. Yeah. Yeah. What difference does it make at this point? And if it's like, he is a fan favorite from the comics. Awesome. Get excited about it. I love Woody Harrelson as an actor. He looks fucking ridiculous, dude. Remember, yeah, he I don't shows know. up I just, at the end of it. No, I, I don't know. I'm just so over the superhero craze. You heard they announced Joker 2, right? No, did they? Yeah, I'm so annoyed. No. We do not need a Joker 2. That saddens me. Yeah, that's exactly I'm like that was such a great movie. Way to ruin it, guys. You know, you can't just we can't have good things. Uh variety. And the, the second Okay, here, let me say this real quick. Variety reports that Warner Brothers is not exploring gritty origin stories for any other DC characters, according to Variety. Insiders shot down reports that Warner Brothers and DC are talking about Phillips doing origins of other comic book characters, revealing that what cracked on their trek uh, to the list of the dark side, any Joker follow-up will take years to pull off on the busy slate. But now Todd Phillips himself is refuting that report while acknowledging early talks for a sequel have taken place wait what oh so they haven't actually announced it because i heard it was announced that's what the you headline know? basically says and then it totally been a dozen when you read <laughs> the article imagine that yeah it sounds like every article now to return is in talks to return to direct joker 2 in a curious bit of news and studio reports that joaquin phoenix is under an option to return i don't want that huh? at all no me either i love love that joker movie but i do not want any more you know like it's so i feel like i hate this whole new era of everything has to be a franchise and a universe it's like sometimes it's just a good movie and but it felt like todd phillips was completely aware of that going into it and was doing everything he could to fucking buck that whole uh yeah system you know um have you watched the show Devs yet? No, but I've been meaning to. It's I I wasn't interested until I heard Alex Garland had something to do with it. Yeah, it's supposed to be fucking excellent too. I've been meaning to sit down and watch it. I think that's something I'll try to do before we do another podcast because uh yeah, big Alex Garland fan. I think we both yeah. are. I had no desire to see it. I kept hearing it come up and then I heard the name Alex Garland. I was like, okay, now I gotta watch it. Yeah, right. Yeah, man, no I'm doubt. Like All right, well, I guess we'll wrap it up. I'm gonna go get some food. Thank <laughs> you.